2: Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Portable Church Industries over at portablechurch.com. So I'm getting ready to plan a church again. And here's the deal. Uh, the most valuable resource you have is people. So the important thing to remember is it's worth making an investment in the people that are serving your team, your setup, your teardown, all of that. And Portable Church has actually made that a whole heck of a lot easier so that you're looking after your greatest resource your people. Make the setup and teardown of your church easy, logical, and play a game of Tetris when you're packing up and unpacking. And trust me, that will pay out dividends to your church plant in a way you never expected before. Again, head on over to PortableChurch.com. And remember, if we don't believe in it, we're not going to tell you about
1: it. PortableChurch.com. Hey, church planners, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Is it just me, or did you sound like you were drunk when you were doing that commercial? You started it out, and you're like, "Hey, hey, uh, hey everybody, let me talk to you about portable church." Here you go. Yeah,
2: no, it, it was not drunkenness. It was it was probably being tired. That was before my. Uh, I, I think that was my vacation.
1: Mm, vacation.
2: Yeah, I saw your your eyebrow. First off, I wish you guys could have seen Pete's face when he does the voice. Normally, when he was doing, he'd do it nice and chipper. When I'm doing, he does it like he's Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You do not want to see what he's doing right now. <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> glad this isn't a video podcast because I get to be. Do- you were doing. How do I put it? Um... I don't know. I, I want to say that was like a
1: supermodel pose. Hey, you know you what? Know? I think you should do the the picture on the Skype so it does the picture of us.
2: Hey, I just got this computer. I don't want to break it. <laughs> That's amazing. There we go. Huh? Huh? I know you did. I just heard it go. That
1: one's going on Facebook.
2: So, uh, yeah, but, you know, on on that commercial,
1: fine work of art
2: that was. Um it, uh, you know, you know what I'm proud of that commercial for is it doesn't sound like it's in a can cause it weren't, I was making it up as I go. And I mentioned playing Tetris and I saw your eyebrows be we you're like, What in the heck are you talking about? Honestly? No, I understood doing?
1: exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, this is Peyton being cool again. I, I Hey man, I don't be cool. You know, cool. I am. Hey, the by the way, say. I, I enough about the commercial. I'm looking at your ring, your Batman ring. Did you know I have Batman cufflinks? Do you really? Yeah, I almost wore I them today. Oh, I have Superman couplings. Oh, do you really? Why? You're not like a
2: Superman guy. I know. I think my wife just found him. Was like, well, it's close enough.
1: It's all in the super wor- world. Do you like this? Yeah, I know. I,
2: you know, I still mourn the fact that they nailed Batman in that in that Batman versus Superman, but they still didn't make a great film. Yeah, no, it was, that, it was
1: it yeah. was a it was an atrocious film. What I think is funny, I posted this on Facebook this last week. The Last Jedi is now on Netflix, and I still won't watch it. Like, I don't care. It was that bad of a movie. It
2: was that bad. It, It was that bad. You know, I think we mentioned this almost every episode since it came out.
1: I don't think it's been every episode, but certainly since Solo came out, we've been mentioning it. Yeah. We definitely mentioned it last episode. Yeah. Which is cool. I'm yeah. fine with that. I mean, it's an important part of the universe, of American culture.
2: Oh, dude, Star Wars is like universal. There are a few things that are universal, like
1: uh, love and. Um, you know what movie you know. I did see this weekend? Saw two movies. Saw The Incredibles, too. That was pretty good. Enjoyed it. And also saw, more importantly, Sicario, too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Was that good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of people dying, lots of gunfire, Which blood, is you, brains, it, everywhere. That's what I'm after.
2: Okay, so I feel a bit ripped off. Um, I was in Target, and I passed by the new release section, and I saw that Pacific Rim 2 had come out, and I realized, I felt a bit hurt by this, that Pete had never commented, or, or it's like, I'm not a part of your life anymore. It was
1: like, I didn't uh, Pete never you. told me what he... I didn't invite you. Is that what you're upset about? No, you didn't say anything about it. Like, What's happened? I I was actually thinking about it the other day, and I was like, I know I saw that film. What happened in it? (laughs) Like, It was so unimpressive to me. I was like, how did it end? I don't even remember. I haven't seen it, but let me
2: give you the synopsis of what happened in that movie. Basically, a big monster came. They fought it with an old robot, got their butt kicked. Formed a fighting squad, got their butt kicked again, then came back with kind of like these new values and battle cries, and then won. Did you watch it? No, but you know that's what happened.
1: (laughs) I think it is. Like I was remembering. (laughs) I was remembering what was happening. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, and then oh okay, yeah, yeah, all right, I got (laughs) you.
2: And there was some little quip that they make early on, like, remember. You know, stay frosty or something like that. And right before he, you know, makes the power move he goes stay frosty, you bleep bleep and then that's how it you know, it's always something like that, right? It's gotta be.
1: It's yeah. gotta be. Now you have to make sure Guy you get, A, Mr. Falcon. You, you the, gotta make uh, sure television version, huh? Pacific Rim 2 and not Atlantic Rim. Atlantic Rim was like, Hey, why don't we just it's not in the Pacific, it's in the Atlantic, and therefore we're not ripping them off. That's right, Indian Ocean Rim summer, <laughs> and it's like when they're making the uh, robots. It's like, look, I got some boxes and some spray paint. We'll make the robot. No one will be able to tell. It's good. It's all good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like that Doritos Time Machine commercial. You know, uh, we should probably get into stuff because we're we're a little rusty, a little rusty. What today. is today's topic, by the way? Today's topic, by the way, welcome to the Church Planner podcast. You have accidentally stumbled into Smack Talk, which is a portion of the podcast where Pete and I just Catch pretty much online. mess about and uh, talk complete trash and utter nonsense. And then we get into the church planning goodness like the soft, chewy center of a titsy roll pop.
1: I had, uh, okay, Jay Lee is a church planner up in Canada, Toronto, Canada. He's also part of the Bivo Inner Circle and the Platinum Bible Inner Circle plan. He came down uh for vacation. He went to like Las Vegas with his family and in-laws, and then they went to l a and so he was like, "Yeah, I want to get together with you and Peyton and so I'm we got together for like church, like he could make it to church, and then we were literally going to Las Vegas when he just left las Vegas and uh and he was like, "Oh, yeah, so does Peyton live around here?" And I go, "No, I mean he doesn't really live close." And uh, I could tell he was like, you know, why can't I get together with you and Peyton? And I'm like, look, you need to understand Peyton and I don't actually hang out. In fact, I think it's been maybe six months, a year since we've actually seen each other face to face. That's just that's the way our friendship is. It is kind of weird. We're virtual friends. We
2: are virtual friends. And uh, we uh, we only hook up when we meet in a chat room called. uh, (laughs) So that sounds bad.
1: We only that just sounds bad.
2: (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. To the pure, all things are pure. And,
1: uh, (laughs) well, I guess we know Pete's not pure. (laughs) So,
2: hey, uh, so the topic today, if I can just pick it up on my magic window box that I carry in my pocket. Um, let's see. The question comes from a Bible Inner Circle member who, uh, Pete was gone on the, uh, on the call. Normally we, we, we have this call every month. For Bible Inner Circle. And, uh, this one was, Hey, I'm going to be planting. And you said planting without a team is idiotic. Yep, it is. And he, he went on to say, Look, I, my plan is to start completely. Sorry. (laughs) And to help with your burping half of the topic. Um, it's professional podcast. Uh, we, what our plan is to, start with the people we've been sharing the gospel with that come to our house on a regular basis and then disciple them and raise leaders up out of that. Uh, what do you think about that? Will that work? And then he went on to say, our team will be the um, elders in this, in the sense that we fall into their leadership. Uh, I'm included in that team. I'm the associate pastor and we would have some support from volunteers, but the sending church, uh, I can't get a small core team together from that so uh, because it's a revitalization. So what what he wants to know uh, is, um, will that be uh, a, a worthy plan? Is that a good idea? Pete, what do you think?
1: Are we starting the topic or are we just – I don't know. Is that your long – you don't really want to do Smack Talk today, do you? You know, I – okay. No, I do. I mean – I don't think you do.
2: Yeah. Is it me? I mean I – mean, are, are it's you, afternoon.
1: Are you kind of done with me? I, it's afternoon.
2: It is I'm, afternoon. I'm just, you know, it's, a, you know, how it is with afternoon podcasts. No, you know what it is. I so I went on this. Okay, let's do a little smack talk. <laughs> Mine'll my, my be really boring and not funny at all. Wait, 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 uh, wait. All right, now go for it. <laughs> what's that?
1: <laughs>
2: is that just a goat?
1: Pretty cool. Soundbite. <laughs> I figured, you know, if I'm going to use a soundbite, I'm going to use a goat. I like it. That's yeah. pretty cool. You should get one of those goats that screams.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I thought I had that as a soundbite somewhere, but maybe not. <laughs> the Screaming Goat Podcast. Now, that'd Don't a do would be that. Name. It would
2: be. It would be. So so here's the deal. How about, hey, if we're thinking up church, church
1: names, uh, the Screaming Goat Fellowship? The Screaming Goat Collective? You know, I like that because that immediately begs the question, what is that? Oh, yeah. Now, well, of course you know, no going to show up. The coffee drinking club
2: clubs of yore used to be called the Dancing Goat Society back when uh, they started reviving, like, coffee houses. Because, as you know, uh, coffee was discovered by Peruvians who uh, noticed that their goats were eating the cherries off the coffee plant and the coffee bean is actually the seed of that cherry. And uh, they would get hyper and start dancing around. They start jumping a bunch. So they called it the dancing goats.
1: Do you really think mm-hmm. caffeine affects people that much? It does.
2: It actually does. It, um, I'm reading a book right now uh, called Why We Sleep, and it's written by a neuroscientist. That would just put me to
1: sleep right there. That's all I'm saying.
2: It's a fantastic book. You guys got it. It's Matthew something or other. Sorry. I don't know his last name. I'm just reading his book and uh anyways it is phenomenal i picked it up at a at an airport in london and it is by far one of the coolest neuroscience books i've ever read and uh he just talks about the fact that you have melatonin which uh accumulates in your brain throughout the the day particularly from the afternoon uh it's part of your circadian rhythm which is you know your your body clock based on light and dark cycles and uh this chemical melatonin builds up in your brain and it's like a drug it's drugging you to to sleep it makes you drowsy and drowsy and eventually you just can't stay up at night because you're so tired if you try to stay up you're experiencing the effects of melatonin when you wake up in the morning it there's still residual melatonin empties out of your brain as you sleep that's the process that empties it it's like pulling a plug out of a uh you know, a, a barrel, and you know, or whatever, um, un, uncapping a bicycle tire, popping a hole in something—it just gradually leaks out while you sleep. But there's still residual, and so coffee um, counteracts; it fights the uh, receptors, the chemical receptors on your cells and your neurons, um, and it just competes with, with melatonin, and that's why it stimulates you. Mom and me—that's a spicy meatball. It what <laughs> you know, it is
1: well. It only cost me ten dollars to learn that information. The book was on sale, and now that we heard that, none of us need to go out there and buy that book.
2: Nope. Oh, it's it's fascinating, dude. It is like literally every paragraph
1: is studded with gems, unless it but has I'll, to do with either marketing or quantum physics. I'm not reading it. We need to get on here one week and talk
2: about dark matter, but we don't need to talk about dark matter. We need to get someone really smart to come on
1: here and talk about dark matter. But see, here's the problem it's a dilemma, really. If they're really smart, there's no way they're coming on our podcast. And if they come on our podcast, they're clearly not smart. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like it. You know, like it. if you think it through, that's the problem. So, what's your smack talk, Mr. Mitchell? <laughs> I don't know yeah. anymore. I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't. It's the afternoon, like you said. I don't know that I have anything good to share, other than Sicario was awesome. That was that was all kinds of fun, mm. and I'm really excited. Did you See
2: that video I sent you with the uh, the Olympic archer shooting
1: everybody with yeah, arrows. I thought it was stupid. Oh, that's hilarious. I was like, okay, you know, I got it after the first three times. Why are you like dragging this? Video on. She's just shooting people. I mean, and,
2: and yet you can sit through a whole movie like Sicario where it's just people shooting guns the whole time. See? No, but yeah, there's a story it's, behind that's just it. just prejudice
1: against bows and arrows. There's a story behind it. If they had a story behind hers, like if she was shooting bows and arrows and, and hitting members of Congress, I would think it was funny. Because then you would have kept going from one congressional <laughs> member to the next, to the next, to the next. <laughs> that would have been funny. But that it was like people, funny. you don't even know who they are. It's like, okay. I get, so everyone knows it's a, it's a spliced video of someone who's at the Olympics in the archery event. She's shooting her bow and arrow. And then it like every time she shoots, it cuts to some person like walking on the street somewhere. And all of a sudden, they get hit by an arrow. And it's like, okay, I get it. After like the third or the fourth time, it's like, it's not funny. These are nobodies. But if it was people who you knew, that would be funny. See how it works? See how humor works? Do I need to explain humor to everyone? Humor is in
2: the eye of the beholder, clearly.
1: Yeah, it is. Because Well, as we've discussed before, you and I are actually very different in what we like and don't like. It's quite that is true. It's quite actually. That is true. And here, we became such good friends because we thought we both liked the same stuff. And then as, the more we got to know each other, we're like, uh, actually, no, you all messed up. That's what we think yeah, but, about each other. Well,
2: but... You know, I like me, and you like me, and that was what we
1: agreed on. <laughs> I like it. That one was good.
2: I was going to sing to you the uh, I Like You by Mr. Rogers. Go see the Mr.
1: Rogers movie, by the way. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to see that unless he pulls out an AK-47 halfway through. I'm not
2: going to spoil anything for you.
1: If he goes after that, those two puppets that just scared the crap out of me as a kid and continue as an adult, then I'll go see it, but unless okay. that happens, never so, going to see it.
2: Lady Elaine Fairchild, who's who you're referring to, the chick with the bulbous nose. Oh, my gosh, dude. So scary. So, we've had this talk before, and Brandon Brooks literally, if you remember, <laughs> mailed me the, the puppet. like Not the original puppet, but mailed me the toy that came out in like the 70s. Mailed me, so I opened this package, go, go, go. You know, like it was one of the freakiest moments. My lady, Larry Fairchild, look at me. Hello, Peyton. You know, she had that voice. What was funny in the movie is they're interviewing his kids and his kids were saying, No, you know, that's who he was all the time. But they said, but occasionally, like my dad had a wicked sense of humor and they said, what would happen is occasionally he would say something at the table that wasn't very Mr. Rogers like. And he said he would always say it in Lady Elaine Fairchild's voice. And he goes, and as we got older, we began to realize that she looked and sounded a lot like our aunt, Mr. Rogers' sister. And her name was something like Emily. Um, So it it was funny as heck. And the, the guy goes, I'm not saying it was based on my aunt. It just is pretty uncanny on its resemblance. That was pretty funny. And they interviewed the end. She goes, yeah, I eventually figured out it was me. <laughs> 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 and she's like the bad one on the show. It's funny. That is Yeah,
1: stupid. I don't know, man. I'm not going to go see that movie. Just not going to happen. There's a lot of movies I wouldn't go see. That's one of them. Yeah. Uh you can only imagine. That's that's another one, or I can only imagine, or however that song is. I'm not going to watch that.
2: Is that what it's about? I have no idea. I don't keep a, I don't keep keep up up to date on
1: this stuff. I man. have no idea. I just know I'm not going to watch it. But if there happens to be senseless violence or sci-fi, I'm there. So Mr. Rogers makes me cry. There, I said it. Why? Dude, the guy was such a. This is why I really don't want to hang out with you in person. Like, my opinion of you is going to be like so low. I'm going to be like, dude, I I don't even know what to say. I can't hang out with you.
2: Yeah, but Mister Rogers was, dude. He was he was pretty powerful. I mean, that dude was anointed. I'm sorry, but like, he was a Presbyterian minister, and he he actually went to seminary with uh, R.C. Sproul. They were actually in the same class. And he kind of came out. He was, he was getting ready to go into Presbyterian ministry. And he, he saw, uh, TV. It was kind of, it was kind of relatively new. And he was like, that's what I need to do to reach people. And he had a, another degree, had two degrees. One was in psychology. And he had been part of a, an experimental, uh, child psychology program that was, you know, a bunch of famous psychologists, people you would know now like Dr. Spock and all those dudes. And, uh, he decided to, to kind of use television as a way to get, uh, really almost be kind of like an apostle to children, you know, um, through, through the medium of television. But dude, if you watch a guy here, here's what I say to people, number one, watch watch him in front of Congress. It's been making the rounds since a movie shared a few years ago and wrote about it, in my book, but um, I discovered it years ago. And then um, the other one is him in, uh, Joan, uh, is it Joan Crawford? Who's a chick that's got the blonde hair. And she's like, Oh, no you know, she's from New York. Um, kind of, kind of crass woman. She used to have, uh, I think she had that lamb chop doll.
1: Let's think about this. There was a blonde woman from New York. That narrows it down. Oh, she was a talk show. Uh, I just said her first
2: name. Joan um, Rivers? Joan. Was it Joan Rivers? Yeah, not Joan Crawford. Joan Rivers. He was on her talk show once. And people don't know what to do with him when they first get him on. And he completely unnerves him. There was something that that dude had when he got into people's presence. And I think a lot of it was was pretty much like an anointing from God, and they would just come undone. She, he, she melts, dude. Like, you can see she's super unsure what to do with him. Same with uh, David Letterman. Um, all these guys, he, you can watch these interviews with Mr. Rogers. Just search for it on YouTube, and you just see the dude had a power. I love you, man. All right. So should we get into our topic? Uh, of course.
1: Great you Scott, didn't want smack. It's talk. time for
2: this week's topic. Let's you get don't to the You don't want smack talk. You don't want smack talk. You didn't really want smack talk. Apparently not. So, all right, guys. Um, so the question again is: My core team um, is a group of people that I'm discipling. Um, are they enough? Um, you know, it's a complicated question because uh, I think at bare bones. You know, two or more. You've got, uh, you know, Jesus sending out two or more. But it, keep in mind, when they're going into all the cities, they're preaching. They're not church planting. So if you use a two or more argument and say, hey, two or more, that's it. Well, that's bare minimum. And that's when you're doing gospel work. Um, if you want to use Matthew 10 as a um, kind of proof text, that's gospel work. That's preaching. That's evangelism but if you want to and in particular itiner- I, I evangelism but if you want to use um church planning as a model there were always uh really two or three there were three when Paul and Barnabas went and took John Mark and he leaves and goes home and Paul's mad i don't think he looked at Barnabas and said hey you know we're we're enough you know we, we got me and you Uh, I got you, babe. He, he, he was mad and, you know, felt betrayed and hurt and let down. And obviously, you know, three was not a crowd to Paul. So when you watch Paul's missionary journeys, and I've said this a million times on the podcast, when you watch his missionary journeys, you actually see that Paul is adding to his team. So you see that you've got, um, one, two, three um, people added on. He's got Silas next time around. He's got, um, you know, just a whole host of Epaphroditus, Titus, um, Luke. He starts adding numbers on and he travels with a big group eventually. And I always like to point out Acts 20 verse 4. But, um, you know, he's got Timothy. He's got, I mean, you name it. He's got so many people traveling with him eventually that you can see that Paul obviously thought that you needed more of a core team um, as as he went on in his ministry. So I, I don't see Paul just starting with the lost. Um, I do. I mean, I always tell planners, hey, start with the lost, man. In other words, don't grab a bunch of Christians together um, and, and fill a room and call it a church plan. That's not a church plan. You need to be doing exactly what you're doing, which is evangelizing. Do that first. But as you're doing that, start grabbing like-minded people that two, two levels of this one, a level of people that you're going to train. Um, you will serve as a Paul to their Timothy. And then you'll also find people that are Barnabases that are, um, they're equals to you and their coworkers, co-labors. And so there's ones that you mentor the ones that you partner with on your core team. And, uh, you, you just, you know, you're going to need people, uh, to do what you do. And, um, of course, if you look at, um, anything I've written, I'm, I'm pretty big on team. Church Zero was a book written about team, taking Ephesians four, verse 10, 11. And, uh, I personally believe that you need apostolic leadership, evangelists, uh, shepherds, teachers, and prophetic leaders on your team Um, you don't have to have all five at all at one time but um yeah you you know you are going to need just like paul when he's planting in corinth and ephesus he's got a priscilla and aquila and apollos you know those are just new characters that are introduced into that story that are co-laborers with them as they plant the church so i would say you need something a little more solid than than just your elders and nonbelievers.
1: So, what else do you need? Do you like that? That was a good transition. That was. What are your thoughts on that? I don't have thoughts on that. How how do you like that? How do you like them apples? Well,
2: here's the thing. Um, it, it, what what I would say that he needs to do in his situation. Cause he's pointed out that really his church, his sending church doesn't have the, the capacity to send people. There's a couple, couple things. Um, number one, uh, I would start pulling on people that, you know, and, and here's the you know, it's Eric that wrote this question. Eric, I don't know uh, who you've, um, you know, if you've transplanted from another part of America and like, let's say, for example, you're in Texas and you've come from North Carolina or Seattle or wherever. It doesn't matter. Let's say you're states away from where you were before you took this associate pastor role. So you're thinking, well, I don't have people local. Well, people will travel. Um, you know, it's <laughs> if you don't ask, you, you don't receive. And so what I would do is I would start contacting all the people back home. To share with them your vision. You know, share on Facebook and send people emails and make phone calls and just talk to them. Say, Hey, I want to talk to you about what we're doing. Ask you to pray for us. Okay. And, um, you know, I want to tell you and, and wait and see as you're doing that. If, if people want to move out and come join you, um, because it, it is often the case where as you're doing that, people say, you know what? I, I'm, I've got a really good job here, but you know, my cousin lives there and she's been looking for a church. Or I get this all the time with people. I have people say, hey, Peyton, do you know of a good church in Lancaster, California? I get this stuff all the time. And I'll say, no, I don't. But if I put on an APB, people come popping up. Yeah, I know where one is. You know, hey, there's a really good church here. So what what I think you ought to do, Eric, is um, talk to the people you know and you've discipled and you've ministered to and with already. And pull from that, right? So that's kind of what what Paul does as he's moving around. He goes back on his second missionary journey to all the places he ministered before, like Lurby and uh, Derby and Lystra and Iconium. And that's where, that's where he picks up Timothy. It's his first stop on his second missionary journey. He just goes, you know what? I learned a lesson from John Mark. I need to pick up more people. So he picks up Timothy and he takes him with him. So that's the first thing I would do.
1: You know part of me i I could be totally off here, but I'm just remembering back a couple of weeks ago when we did a podcast and you said something that I thought uh it was pretty profound. It's probably the only time you said anything that I would classify as profound, so I really enjoyed it uh thanks for sharing that with me by the way um, you said the one thing I would tell people when they were thinking about planting a church was. Okay, if you could plant a church but couldn't do a Sunday service, what would you do? And I really like that idea because, and and then you follow, made the follow up. That doesn't mean you have the service on Saturday, right? Your point was, if you weren't going to do a service, what does your church plant look like? And part of me is like hearing this issue of you know should we go without whatever, and the thought that goes through my head is, you know, could you just say, look, we're not. I think it's because it's the rush to get to the Sunday service. But if you just said, look, we're we're going to focus on we're starting a Bible study because you could start that with two people in your living room and, you know, invite some friends over, or whatever, do a little meal and then see if it's going to grow organically from that. Or are you going to get leaders from that before you even start thinking about the church plan? Does that make sense what I'm saying or am I totally? off? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could be totally off. I don't know. I'm not a church planner. I'm no. here for the looks. I'm here for the looks, baby. That's why people come to this podcast. No, I, I, I definitely
2: think that as you are just doing what you're supposed to be doing already, you will come across people. And of course, you know, we mentioned, um, you know, Priscilla and Aquila. I, I have a theory that Priscilla and Aquila met Paul in the marketplace. While he was tent making because you know that was like the central hub of any city, and of course Paul would go straight there and so uh we you and I with Bible Inner circle, do marketplace ministry, and you know the the reality is is that in those days you would there was no internet, obviously, so you would set up in the trade district of the market and you would be next to other tent makers and I think Paul met them as fellow Jews and tent makers and of course, when you're in the Mediterranean, tents are kind of a hot commodity, right? Everybody puts tents everywhere over their houses, you know, over their entryways, on their roof. Um, most houses back then had like a little penthouse. You would put tents everywhere because it's so freaking hot. So between buildings or be awnings. So Paul had a lot of work, and I think he got next. This is my this is my take on it. Because Priscilla and Aquila were wealthy. How do we know this? Because they own homes in Corinth. The Bible mentions the home they own in Corinth, the home they own in Ephesus, and the home they own in Rome. Um, Paul writes in Romans 16, he mentions a house that meets uh, the home. Uh, gosh, afternoon podcast. Sorry, guys. The church that meets in their house. So because of that, we know that they're wealthy. They were good at what they did. Paul came from a wealthy family as well. But I think... Um, which most likely was a merchant family, probably tent making. He says, as my father's before me, I think this was his um, his family business. But I think either he taught them or they taught him. Somehow, somebody was good at this and made a killing at it. And so uh, whether he, he apprenticed them or they apprenticed him, I have a feeling they apprenticed him. He went 11 years back home to Tarsus. But th- this is my – I'm getting back to what you're saying. Um, as he gets there, he meets them. They have the same business. I think Paul was like, hey, I've spent all my life doing Pharisee work. I've had 11 years to learn the family business. But let's go in together in business. Let's throw in together and do this together. And I believe that Paul set up an enterprise with Priscilla and Aquila, which is why we find them. Everywhere where Paul plants a mega church, literally everywhere he plants Corinth, Ephesus, and Rome, um, which Rome was, I believe, a series of, of churches, but right. um, Corinth and Ephesus were mega churches. So Paul sets those up and they are there every time. So I think, I think they were a bivo team. Um, Apollos happens, quote unquote, to come through right at that time as they're doing their thing and Paul's moved on. So I, I think, in, and that's the second thing that happens, like you said, kind of building on what you said there, it's get out there and do what you're supposed to do um, in the community and in society. And it will start to happen. Like nothing's going to happen by you sitting around uh, devising a logo, dreaming about the church, the greatest church plant that will ever be. You have to get out there and get started. Right, um, you need to pray, You need to be bathed in prayer, but you also need to be out there getting busy, doing something, anything, right? And then I believe that God often that there are two things that He blesses. I talk about this in reaching the unreached. Ching, that the two things that God really blesses are action and prayer. If you look hmm. at the Book of Acts, prayer and action are the two things that receive the blessing of God when it comes to mission. I say that they're the alternating footfalls that make our evangelistic gospel stride. That's the second thing.
1: Does that kind of hit on what you're saying? Well, I definitely agree with
2: that. So, yeah. So the third thing is, um, uh, I, I do have a problem with planting a church in a city where there are other churches and not talking to the other ministers uh, in the area. Now, I, I, I don't say you need to talk to him to get permission, right? Um, it's it's kind of like this. In Gotham City, Batman, he considers Gotham his. But if you read the comics long enough, you know that eventually aliens come down and it's too much for Batman to handle. He needs Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman because uh, he needs to talk to fish. Um you know, and manipulate water. But, you know, occasionally it's too much for you. Like, no one church can handle an entire city. And, you know, pastors often have the mentality this is my city, Gotham's mine, get out. But the reality is that it doesn't matter. So if you're a superhero and God's called you to fight crime, it doesn't matter what Batman thinks. Right? I, I can't believe I just said that, but it doesn't matter. What the other pastors
1: think? You're not going to no. them for permission. Yeah, not for permission. But I think what you're doing, one, I think it's going to give you great insight on yes. who are the churches that you can do stuff with. Because the ones yes. that are like, "This is my city," get out. Yep. You, you're you're going to have to have a soft spot for their people because they may not be. They may be building their own tower of Babel rather than the kingdom of God. Right. So you just need to be aware of that. There, there yeah. could be hurt people coming out of that church, which doesn't mean that there are, right? I mean, I'm not saying that just because someone sees it as their territory, even though that, that is wrong, doesn't mean the rest of their ministry is jacked up. But it could be, right? right? It's a telltale sign, right? Right. Um, but at the same time, too, if you're going into an area, who should have better insight than those yeah. guys? Yeah. You'll go, look, or- man, we're, we're going to be planting over here, and you, you've been here for a while, I need your insight. I need your insight on this community. I need to know what I need to know. Like, what are the the dangers I should be looking out for? What are the the ways that we can reach people? Um, because, I mean, it's kind of like in business. Uh, there's a line that I like to ask certain business owners. You know, most business owners are really really busy. They're busy to the point that. They have a lot of other ideas and they see a lot of other opportunities, but they don't have the time to go after them. So I like asking them, hey, look, if, if time weren't an issue, do you see any other opportunities in this industry that you just don't have the time to go after? Right. And I like to get the insight because they might give me a leg up and go, you know what I really think would be great is this, but I just don't have the time for it. And it's like, dude, they could hit on something because they know that industry so well. Same thing with the church. That that pastor is probably so busy doing what he's doing, but he might be going, Hey, you know what, man, there's this women's shelter over here, or there's this homeless area over there, or there's this really rich, neglected community that thinks that they don't need God over there. You know, find out from them what are those opportunities, those gospel kingdom opportunities available in that area that they may not have time to go after. They can right. give you great insight. Right.
2: Yeah, 100%.
1: Um, Mic drop.
2: No, it's, it's really true. And sometimes <laughs> the insight that they give is more like a – it's almost like a, a lesson in what not to do. Sometimes they'll just yeah. tell you, hey, be careful of this, and let me give you some advice, and they can be really helpful. Um, yes, yeah, so I, think, I think it's kind of a jerk move to go into a city, plant a church, and never have spoken with the other ministers um, in there. It's just – It's weird
1: um i besides there's that, what if they're cool and they're like hey you know what we've got some people who i think might exactly. be good for you that's where i'm getting to oh that's what sorry I'm getting to. sorry uh, uh never mind let me take that all back uh payton please continue with your thoughts
2: don't want thunder no but go ahead go ahead uh, that means
1: as i as i told my freshman uh english teacher that's as deep as it gets <laughs> Sorry, that could come out totally wrong. Well, I, it was I'll a,
2: probably use a lot more words to say the same she, thing,
1: but that's pretty true. much it. I had this teacher, and she was like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, uh, go deeper with it. And I repeated it, and I go, lady, that's as deep as it gets. <laughs> and it like became <laughs> the joke in the class. That's so <laughs> rad.
2: Yeah, so – and that is as deep as it gets. You're going to find people that are like – pastors out there, they're like, hey, what do you need? Yeah. I'm really excited for you. And sometimes there are guys that are like – this is what I found. They're spirit-filled believers. They're a little bit more out of touch with culture. They're not just stick in the muds. Um, they're fifties, sixties, getting ready to retire, hand off their church. Often, what they'll do is they'll be like, Are "You sure you don't want to take this?" <laughs> no, I swear to you. These conversations happen, and and maybe that's the Lord's will for you. You know, I hey, a, a, a revitalization it can be the same as a church plant, really. Um, you go slower, it's like turning a tanker around instead of turning a a speedboat around takes a lot longer, a lot more energy, but that might be, you know, you might have just gotten to that place. Like your whole vision may have just been to get you into that conversation. But again, like I said, I think it's a jerk move not to do it. Number two, like what you said, key, you're going to find people that are partners, gospel partners. Number three, you're going to find people who know other people that you need to talk to. They're going to give you insight as well. Don't do this. Make sure you do this. And sometimes the older guys just like, look, I believe in what you're doing. I wish I were younger. I wish I could do that again. But let me know. I sense the spirit of God in you. Let me know how I can serve you. And I think we've talked before that for every nine people that are either hostile or indifferent to you, you find that one gym and it's worth sorting through those 10 guys. If there's 40 churches in your city and you get four allies on the other side of that, well, you know, hey, heck, that's, that's worth the 36 lunches or coffee dates that you had to go through to reach four guys that are going to lift your arms up and, and look after you. Mm. Um. And, you know, uh, they might want a piece of you. They might say, Hey, let us throw some money at you and you come speak at our church twice a year and give us an update and shoot. Howdy. That's great. You know? Yeah. So it just, it just depends. And, um, yeah, guys. So, you know, uh, I would say, talk to the people in front of you, the other churches and on the other side of those conversations, I guarantee you, they're going to throw people at you. They're going to at least say, you know, I got a guy in my church who um, is uh, thinking about that. We haven't known what to do with him, or we're not in a place where we can plant out. Can I hook you two up? Great. Um, the other thing is social media. Throw out there on social media. I know that sounds weird, but um, throw it out there. Man, I, I, I just recently um, was on a Facebook post and I mentioned to someone that i'm praying you know anyway someone asked about hey such and such and this book and it was from tampa underground and i've got something cooking up right now in regards to church planning where i said hey man this one guy goes i wish we could do something i wish we could bring that kind of energy and ethos over to the west coast because i'm here in san diego ding 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 Mm. it's hey man we should talk boom done right um if he hadn't put that, like he wasn't looking, he would he was just a guy adding a comment in onto someone else's. Oh man, I love that! I wish we could bring that over here. And so I was like, man, we got to talk. You know, um, who knows what will come of that? But social media, don't underestimate the power of social media.
1: So you're saying we should use the technology that's available to us?
2: Yeah, I don't know why guys sometimes feel like it's cheating. You know, the the Holy Spirit. I mean. For as much as I pay attention to social media um, i don't I don't think about social media as like that's where I'm going to get my spouse or my wife but um, man, I'm telling you we're, we're planting in a in a day and age where that can be a very powerful thing so you know hmm. and if you met your wife online I, that's not a knock
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that work extremely well <laughs> oh We' 12 Pete. Dude, I I met a uh, a girlfriend online pre pre marriage, by the way, guys. Just just so we're clear on that. And I just couldn't tell anyone that like we'd met online because this was a, it was a different era, right? Like today, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we met on eHarmony," you know, and all this other jazz. But back in the day, man, I was like, uh, we just started talking. That's all you need to know. We started talking, and you know, we made a connection. Mm. Back in the day. Back in yeah. the day. Yeah, sure enough.
2: Well, um, that that is my peace towards war. Um, I have no more to say about that, other than the fact that yes, uh, I kind of said it at the outset, I think you need more of a team, personally. And those are just three practical ways for actually to, to to go after it and and get your team. Never forget that God builds your team. You don't build your team. Yes, you have to take action, but you do need to trust in the sovereignty of God and in the spirit of God. Um, we've done plenty of um, talks on this. In Jump School, uh, we have an entire module, an entire month's module based on gathering your core team. We have another one that's uh, the next month's module, which is training and preparing your core team. So, I mean, they, you know. We're we're no stranger to this and I've certainly written a bunch of detailed stuff on this. So and I'm always learning. So but I think that, it, that would be my advice. I like it. I like cool. It. All right. Well, you know, um guys, thanks for joining us today. You know, Pete, with all this building <laughs> core teams. Um,
1: <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna remember to make the transition. Of
2: course. So uh, with all this building, the core teams, Pete. Yes, surely you can't be expected to do the uh, all the budgeting and uh, tax exemption. And, you know, uh, uh, what's it? Treasury and bank I... statements, and accounting. That, that's the word I'm looking for. Where would you go for
1: such a thing as that? You people? know what, Peyton? I'm really glad you brought that up because I was just thinking to myself: it is so hard to get people on your team who can handle the accounting properly and not get you into trouble with the IRS because it's so hard to find those people there's a great service out there called simplifychurch.com i really i really liked how you um you were
2: like in webinar mode that was cool it was ah. like uh, you had that webinar voice that webinar feel you know blah, blah, blah. that was really good Dude, I, uh, I just
1: had to do a webinar this morning so you I know, know. I was ready. I, know. I was good. You
2: were in the zone. That was cool. I was good.
1: There you go. And,
2: and if I were on your way, am I really Pete? Tell me about that. What's that? <laughs> Tell me more. I've never heard of this. Yeah. So, so like yeah, I'd speculate. go to some church. Like Joey. Joey advertised on Friends. Did he advertise on Friends? Infomer- oh, yeah. He does this rad infomercial. It's worth watching that. Oh, I'm always spilling my milk. <laughs> if you ever tried to pour milk, you spill it everywhere. And Joey's like all the time. And they. Plug this little spout into the milk carton. It's hilarious. That is funny. So, okay. So, uh, guys, simplifychurch.com. They will handle all of your accounting needs, payroll, uh, tax exemption, budgeting. They will keep you on task. So, be sure to check them out. They even deal with virtual assistants nowadays and pretty much anything else you need. So, check them out. That is simplifychurch.com. I, I guess I should
1: stop recording.
2: No, no. I let me say. Uh, hey, this is. <laughs> I, I just thought you know. Oh, hey, hey, this is Peyton Jones, and Pete Mitchell. I said like uh, Captain T Kirk. Kirk. Afternoon podcast. Come on, and uh, you've been listening to what is this Church Finder podcast?
1: <laughs> oh, this if
2: is a quality one, isn't it? You want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, James Kirk. Like just you got to be patient with this. Need to do. No, nobody's doing. Go. <laughs> I screwed up. Where, uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great ending. All right,
1: man. I got a bad feeling about this.